Okay, welcome to the first ever edition of Metal Marmite. <laughs> well, we'll be talking about heavy metal through the years. Yeah. Me and myself, uh, I am Tom Bridger, and you are... Uh, I'm Richard, have no surname. <laughs> you, you, do, you do have a surname. I do, yeah, but I, I don't you want just people... just to know you. I don't want people to know me. You don't yeah. say your name on the people? I don't say my full name, no. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Right. I, I, I'll tell you my full name, because I trust you as an audience. That's fine, but you know, I'm 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 elsewhere online everywhere, so you know, I okay. keep myself mysterious. Fair enough. And hidden. Anyway, welcome to Metal Marmite. Now, why is this show called Metal Marmite, Richard? What do you think? Uh, I'm assuming because uh, metal is one of those things that you either love it or you hate it, right? Yep, that's one reason. Yep, um, that's the first reason. Yeah, it sounds it's... cool. It's good rhyming scheme. Yeah, it's a good rhyme. I like Marmite, so and I also like heavy metal, so. But yeah, it is one of those things where people either love it or hate it. They love it because it's, it's loud, the theatrics and drama of it all, and the themes. And I hate it because it's loud and the people scream. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to the um, a lot of people. And the imagery. I mean, if you talk about people like Slipknot and things like yeah, that, yeah. I'd imagine, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think also that kind of style of. Um, singing, you know, the stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are turned off by the deep guttural growls, yeah. aren't they? I mean, a lot of the imagery, and I never really realised this until a few years ago, but I think a lot of the imagery is just to let people know what they're in for, more than anything else. You know, if mm-hmm. you know, if you see a, a cover of uh, Christina Aguilera's album, it's just her on the front cover, looking nice and pretty. You think, oh, it's going to be a nice pop album. You know, yeah. it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, you know what you're getting. And it's the same with metal. You get a, a band that you know wearing costumes or wearing makeup, and the band logo is unreadable. You know what you're gonna get. Uh, why is it called Metal Marmite for a second reason? Well, because uh, metal fans are rather elitist, and uh, a lot of them like some sorts of metal, and a lot of, a lot of them like other sorts of metal. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, a lot of metal fans will like particular. Types of metal, like more heavier styles and like poo-poo, the ones that are less heavy or less technical or whatever else. That's strange because you would have thought it's not really a, um, like a, a, a big enough genre oh, to have people say that. Who, <laughs> who would be very elitist about it. You know, mainly because, you know, it's not like totally in the public zeitgeist, is it? No. So... Um, it's a situation where you would have thought that they'd be at a place where they would want to um, stick together, so to speak. Does yeah, that yeah. Sense? I mean, there's a lot of camaraderie between metal fans, but they're, they're, especially online, I think you'll find a lot of people who are like these bands are weird or whatever else. Or you know, in terms of as we're getting to a little bit younger fans thinking bands are too old or whatever else. Uh, so. First of all, how a little brief history of how I got into heavy metal, which like almost twenty years ago now, so two thousand two thousand one, I would have been fifteen, sixteen years old, and I got into metal mainly due to a genre which is quite derided amongst hardcore metal fans, which is new metal. Right. Yeah, which if, so... you, if you don't know, new metal is basically metal music with rapping and DJ. Yeah, like the Solid Biscuit, and Linkin Park. Park that, that that's it. Yeah. Those kind of bands were coming out at the time. Uh, in Biscuit, Lincoln, Pop Up Roach, they all had big hits in the UK, all had top 10 hit singles. 
Uh, that was a very popular style of metal music at the time. Uh, you also had Slipknot, uh, Deftones, Listen for Down, Cold Chamber, bands like that, who, like, metal elitists, didn't like very much. Didn't like the rapping. Didn't like the um, the DJ stuff, you know. And it's kind of derided now still. I, I, I totally get it if you were uh, born into 80s and 70s metal that you wouldn't like this style. I think it was definitely a... Uh, uh, Product of its era, wasn't yeah, it? Absolutely, and, uh, it was. It was pretty massive, and the last probably the last time metal's been mainstream. Uh, I would, uh, yeah, probably agree with that. I would say that um, it kind of it it, it helped because you had a lot of hip hop and rap coming out at that time as well. So it helped kind of bridge some gaps mm. as well. Like I remember there was some Limp Bizkit songs with Eminem. Um, yeah, Corn did a song with uh, Ice Cube. Uh, yeah, so there was a lot of crossover. I mean, Snoop Dogg and Dre were both in, and Eminem were both all in a Limp Bizkit video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was a lot of. Um, uh, was it Snoop Dogg that toured with Corn? I, I can't remember. Wouldn't surprise there's me. There's a lot of crossover yeah. at that point. And um, it's, the hip hop element is, is interesting because I think fans that would have got into, like, Sailor and Park at that time, they would have. Either gone, oh, the, I like the rapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go and listen to the rap music. It would have gone on the Or you've got the ones that have thought, oh, this is pretty heavy. But I kind of don't like the rap, but I like the fine, more heavier mm-hmm. types of metal. And that's kind of what you're into. And a lot of um, bands like Papa Roach and Biscuit and all those were just gateway bands for a lot of people. Slayer, Metallica. Talking about them like they're drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. Gateway bands like get into Slayer, Metallica. Emperor, heavier styles of metal, whatever else, you know. Uh, so, from there we move on to uh, Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. So, I remember around 2000-2001, Kerrang! TV came out on uh, Sky TV. Oh, this is new and cool and exciting, all these bands. And then you see like bands like Def Leppard and look a bit old. And in hindsight, they weren't that old. They looked old like from another era uh, technically uh, their, their songs are like 10 years old at this point uh, so yeah so any band like Def Leppard or Guns N' Roses look just old and they were instant challenge changes for me because they weren't new hip young mm-hmm. you know exciting they were old crusty uh, so when you first started getting into metal my dad was like oh you should hear this band called Black Sabbath I've got like vinyl obviously roll your eyes oh vinyl that's a bit old isn't it and now look at vinyl now it's waiting you know in popularity Back then, vinyl was seen as an old thing. So they played me some Black Sabbath on vinyl, and uh, I thought it was interesting. Now I got into the Greatest Hits album. And, uh, what was your history with Black Sabbath prior to this uh, element? Uh, well, I mean, you're going back a little bit now. The the My initial introduction to Black Sabbath, I say in unquoted uh, commas, is Meet um, the Osbournes, obviously. Um, that's I mean I didn't even know Ozzy Osbourne existed before that point um, I don't think I knew him for that much sooner before that. but I mean I, I, had know, when, I don't know when the Osbournes Osbourne started the Osbournes the Osbournes <laughs> yeah I don't know when the Osbournes started but I don't think I knew it much. must have been like early to mid 2000s early, it was early 2000s right? yeah. we'll get into one of the songs later on but, um, we'll talk about I, uh, yeah, so that was obviously my first uh, introduction, and I, did, I had no idea who this guy was, and then eventually I found out, oh, he, he 
yeah, he used to be like a really big rock star. He bit the head off a bat and everything. And I'm like, oh, oh right. And then you, you hear more about that. And then you start seeing him in other TV shows, films like Little Nicky, I think. And then, yes, you start hearing some some songs and you don't realize that it's them. And you're like, oh, I like this song. Um, we'll get to it. Uh, in more detail, I assume, but Iron Man, for instance, you, know, you, you hear that song and you're like, "This is this is a really good song," and then you find out it's Black Sabbath. So, my introduction is a little less um, niche and more mainstream, I would say. But yeah, we'll, we'll get a little bit more into detail later. I don't want to say too much, but yeah, that was pretty much my my. And how many songs have you heard? Uh, well, this kind of goes on to a bit of a discussion that we're going to talk about soon. We'll talk about a bit later. Um, there, there would probably be five or six, maybe, um, that I knew of. Um, four that I probably really liked. Um, and yeah, you know, you're going to hate me because they're, they're pretty much That's the point of this show. I wanted some argument. So. They're pretty much most of the. The, the 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 commercial one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Brief history of Black Sabbath. We're going to move on to quickly. So they were formed in 1968, late 60s. So they started oh, okay. with Tony Iommi on guitar, bassist uh, Terence Butler, or surname Geezer Butler, which just sounds a lot more. Geezer Butler. Butler. <laughs> what a name. Yeah. That's Giza. not a real name, surely. Name. Yeah, I was going to say, that can't be a real yeah, name. But it sounds more cool than Terence, so I kind of get it. Uh, drummer Bill Ward and the lead singer, I can't remember the name of him. Was he someone? Was he Osborne? Yeah, that's the one. Was he Osborne? You might have heard of him, maybe. Um, they're widely considered the first heavy metal band ever. That's generally up for debate. And they were heavily influenced by a lot of the more harder rock of the late 60s, like Cream, Led Zeppelin, stuff like that. I actually have something later on that I would like to talk on on that front, but I'll, yeah. I'll save that. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I think they're widely considered one of the first heavy metal bands. We'll get on to one of the songs later on, which um, proves it pretty much sets the template for what we um, and the whole general uh, genre of metal as a whole. So as I said, Tony Iommi is the only permanent member. The tips of his fingers were sawn off in a steel factory accident. And he, what, what instrument did he play? Guitar. So he had strings custom made for his fingers for the guitar, which a lot of people put down to the unique sound that he makes. Okay, wow. Uh, so there's that. I won't get into too much about the history of them right now. So the first album is the self-titled Black Sabbath. With a song called Black Sabbath on the album. A lot of bands do that, though, to be fair, don't they? Self-title and things uh, like that. Bad Company. I can feel off the top of my head. Uh, I Maiden did it. Not just, like, bands from that era. Like, loads of modern bands do it. Like that, I mean... Or a song after their band. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be... Oh, wait, a song? Ooh, yeah, a song. Oh, I don't know, no. Yeah, the album, trifecta of band name, band name album, song, and band song. Yeah, no. yeah. Oh, that's it. It's probably, probably more. Probably more, but I don't um, know. Not bands. If you, if you know any other bands who had a song, <laughs> their name, yeah. you know, let me know. Um, so, as things were back then, bands tended to release albums on a quite a regular rate. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that's why you made your money then. No, that's the way you made your money. I mean, until, until really the mid-60s, singles were the, the main thing and albums were just... Uh, but yeah, so just four months so, after the debut, out would come Paranoid. Um, yeah, I mean, Led Zeppelin did the same thing in 1969. They released two albums. But so the first song on the album, it's not very subtle. It's War Pigs. <laughs> Gathered in their masses Just like witches at black masses So you, you oh, so the first it's the first song of the album and it lasts seven minutes and fifty nine seconds. And not a lot of very subtle way to bring you into the album. But a nice air raid siren to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh song its themes are not very subtle either, it's an anti war protest song. I'm assuming this is uh, around the era of Vietnam, right? That's that's right, yeah. Um I don't know if you saw the album artwork. Um I did, but I didn't know anything down. So right. the album's supposed to be called War Pigs, oh. not Paranoid. Right, okay. And there's a picture of the guy on the front with the sword and behind the tree. Right. It's supposed yeah, yeah. to be a war a war pig. Okay. But the um the studio were adamant they didn't want the song uh, the album to be named War Pigs. Right. They wouldn't want anything like anti war. Yes, and they thought Paranoid would be less offensive as an album title than War Pigs. Um so what were your impressions on War Pigs? Um I obviously know this song. Yeah. Um I I'm aware of it. I actually have it on um like my playlist on Spotify and everything anyway. So this was one of the songs that I was already very aware of. Um, I don't think it's too bad. I think it's a pretty decent song. It's not subtle, okay. in, by the least, but um, but yeah, it's it's not it's not a bad song. Um, I mean, as an introduction to an album, it's a bit strong. I would say maybe a little bit too full on, um, but. I guess you also want to get your message right up front, don't you? Especially if you say the album was supposed to be called War Pigs initially, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna put that right up the top, aren't they? But I don't uh, I don't think it's a bad song. I quite I quite like this song. It's, it's a good song. song. Quite mm-hmm. slow. Aussie's vocal style on this song I like quite a lot. When they just do the da da, and then he just like speaking. yeah, like no music da da, yeah, um, like that vocal style. What do you think of Aussie as a vocalist? Very unique voice, hasn't he? Yeah, He's got yeah. a kind of like you know, in yeah, the throat yeah. kind of singing, hasn't he? You know, so um, yeah, I I think it goes quite well, um, especially with the style that you were saying, obviously, because you know. If he's if he's up front and center, and all you can hear is his voice, it is very um, unique, and it does give a very good kind of flavor. So yeah, I, I actually quite like him as a um, as a, a vocalist. Um, obviously, nothing that we've listened to for this episode, but obviously, like more recent times, obviously his voice is very weak and poor now, in my opinion. Yeah. Obviously, but he's got older. He's gone through a lot of drugs and alcohol issues and stuff, mm. but. Now, not so much, but back then, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd pick up on it. 52 years since his album was released. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, no, I, I, but I would, you know, at this point in time, yeah, I think he's a pretty decent singer. Yeah, i move on quickly to the song that most people would know from Black mm-hmm. Sabbath, the hit, Paranoid. Mm-hmm. 
which is a, a much um, shorter song. I was in that three minutes. Mm-hmm. And the song was only recorded just to fill the album. Have enough room on the tape. Oh, wow. They didn't have enough songs on the tape. They needed an extra minutes. So they wrote it in five minutes and was recorded within two hours. That's odd, because literally my only comments I've written down are an absolute classic, a total banger. Yep, uh, <laughs> I agree with that. I would say that I'm kind of tired of hearing it, because I've heard it 10 million times. But I, I get your point. Yeah, I just... And it is it's known as a, the Black Sabbath song. Just strange, that it's, um, a, it's a filler, you know? It, but... it was a filler in terms of the, the album, just to fill the... Um, but obviously, it's gone on to become well. It's back so it was only top ten here in the UK ever. Number one in Germany and Denmark. I mean, yeah, it's quite strange how a song that was just hey, just to fill the uh, tape up. Yeah, I mean, you would have thought that you know maybe maybe that was the way they should have gone about writing this. Yeah, song. I mean, if you look at the song, it's very fast. There's a pretty good guitar solo from Tony Iommi on it. I don't think it really um, a good indicator of the Black Sabbath sound. No? No. I mean, given everything that you asked me to listen to, I would probably agree with that. Mm -hmm. It's not slow or dirty. Yeah, and I would say that that's for the best, personally. Yeah, that's your opinion, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, there's a lot of tosh. There were so many that just didn't leave an impression at all. Uh, I mean, out of everything you got me to listen to, mm-hmm. so you got me to, you asked me to listen to what? I think it was about six songs plus the album, right? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. No, it was, uh, it was two albums. Did I? Yeah. I just gave you paranoid. Um, oh, well, I listened to the entirety of Black Sabbath as well. Oh, did you? Oh, blown. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, I listened to two albums and then the individual songs that you asked me to. Okay. Um, and out of all of them, I've written notes on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's not a deleted impression. Some that's, of them that's fine. impression. Not every song can be memorable, you know what I mean? But to me, it's more of this kind of sound that I liked, the the, the faster, mm. less dirgy, as you said. And that's a perfect lead into the next song. Mm-hmm. Which is not, doesn't sound like Paranoid at all. Banner Caravan. Banner Caravan, yeah. Banner Caravan. I've written, first of all, lovely song. <laughs> it's rather lovely. Yes, I do like this one a lot. More laid back song. So, you've had three songs already, which are completely different mm-hmm. in tone. Um, I think this one gets compared to Changes a lot. I think a lot of Black Sabbath fans don't like this one. Um, it's a nice song to listen to on a nice hot summer day. And it's just lounging around. And... Or when yeah, you're yeah. stoned out of your oh, gore. That's it, yep, perfect, yep. <laughs> yeah. I've put... Um, this is literally what I've written. Yeah. Um, metal? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then I've written trippy dude <laughs> like this this yeah I just this is a stoner song in my opinion yeah so um, high on LSD or so something the theory is I mean there was no such thing as metal in 970 mm-hmm. and I think the term is even 
point until the early 80s. So I think it's Black Sabbath setting out to be like a heavy metal band or anything like that. It's just what they stumble upon. Mm-hmm. Or anything. A lot of people could say they're just a hard rock band at the end of the day. It's like, um, you have a hard rock band from the early 70s. Time, it did get to number 26 in the UK. They released it? No. It was a cover. It covered by Pantera on uh, Far Beyond Drift. Um, right. And got okay. to number 26 in the UK in 1994. Okay. But no, 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 they didn't release this. I mean, that's pretty high for a song like that. No offence. I mean... Yeah, I think this song is more classic. But I do I like it. I guess it's classic rock. I, I literally... I don't think it's a genre of music, but high off my tits is basically the genre I, I see this as. <laughs> um, it's not really a genre of music, but, but that's the best way to describe it for me. Yeah. Very different. They made the greatest hits album, so yeah. a lot of people like it. A lot of people don't because it's not heavy. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I personally didn't, but <laughs> but the next one I think you're gonna like. Well, I know you like so you liked it. Yeah. <laughs> So this is the first side of the album. You've got Warpix, Paranoid, Planet Caravan, and Iron Man. All songs that have gone down as Sabbath classics. So something I've actually uh, written, I've just on. interjected, um, not about Iron Man, but just I've just generally written down my thoughts as I was listening. Um, it seems most of their hits were on this album. It yeah, feels like that this was This is the their, way I got you to listen to this one. This, is this feels like it was their... Magnum Mocus. This is probably held up as the classic yeah. of all these songs that people know. And you think most bands, you think, all right, well, most of their songs are spread out over a few different albums. It felt like they kind of nailed it with this album. Mm-hmm. And then everything that's else was kind why, of... That's why a lot of the other albums are popular. See, now I'm very oh, much we'll the into. give me the hits kind <laughs> of thing. <laughs> Yeah, so I would very much be like, I'd get this album and then probably that's it, or get the greatest hits and that'll be that. I'm 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 a bit of a whore for the for the for the, yeah, for the music industry. No, that's fine. No, that's fine. We'll get into this song now. Then uh, it starts with a throbbing. Would you say it's a throbbing, more like a heartbeat, or more like a, it's a pounding, pounding like a, someone stepping or. Like, like an iron metal man, metal man. Metal iron yeah. man maybe. Uh, the song is not about Iron Man. Is it about the Iron Giant? No, it's not. It's not oh, about the okay. superhero Iron Man. No, I knew that. The working title for this song was Iron Bloke. Iron Geezer. Yeah, <laughs> Iron Geezer. Iron Geezer. I think Iron Man works better. Uh, yeah, Somehow, it fits yeah. a lot more. Yeah. So that sound you hear when he goes, uh. That yeah. grabs you, doesn't it? Yeah. That's very it's unique, sorry. Yeah. The unique sound that certainly grabs you as soon as you hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently used by, it's a ring modulator, apparently. It's the same um, apparatus used for the Daleks. Um, yeah, I obviously knew it wasn't for the superhero, uh, the, the Marvel character. Um, he was never really big enough to have anything like that. I always thought it was like... The Iron Giant, you know the book, not the film, obviously, the, the original book that was written in like the 50s. I thought it was something to do with that. 
because that's something that we're we were we read a lot at school so i thought maybe from the british curriculum it might have been like a i remember reading that book when i was younger because if you listen to the lyrics as well it is very much like a you know i'm iron man you know I've come from out of space. I mean, Nobody likes me. Sort of me, like that in but, terms of you know, like, no, I'm just going to come down and trample the earth. That's yeah. basically what the song's about. Um, as I said, it's gone to come one of Black Sabbath's most popular songs and it was in the end credits of the original mm-hmm. film. Yeah, well, obviously it's it fits. It fits, it fits so, yeah. with, with that. You know, so... Um, now, I will fill you in just at the moment. I, I feel me in. Should we sing another <laughs> podcast? Right? I haven't... Um, noted much more right on this album um a lot of it sounded very samey yeah i thought you were going to... i, I yeah. found it quite difficult especially when i wasn't looking at the the list of it going through the songs i found it quite difficult to find out where one song finished and another one started i get that electric funeral uses the same effect that iron man does Look, most metal song on the album i would say or the most heaviest um it's about nuclear warfare. Nice, um, Again, you can see a theme. A theme, yeah. <laughs> well, um, they wanted to write songs about topics that people would be interested in. So they were writing it for people still. They weren't... You see, a lot of musicians say... Musicians say yeah, they yeah. write the music for themselves. So you'd say that they were making it more for... A bit of both, yeah. Okay. Um, Hand of Doom, which is one of my favourite songs of the album. Seven minutes and eight seconds. Song about drug addictions. In the US soldiers from Vietnam. Another nice uh, hmm. heavy number. <laughs> I do like this one a lot. Um, a slow introduction. Nice good guitar soloing. Rat salad is pretty much a throwaway. Now this I have actually written oh, something, written something down. Because to me, it's it, it it reminded me a lot of Jessica by the Allman Brothers. I haven't heard that. No, oh, I might have heard That's that. The Top Gear theme tune. Oh, really? Okay, I've heard a lot of Allman Brothers stuff. Oh yeah, I like you know. Yeah, it, it reminded me a lot of that, and I was thinking, oh, it's a very seventies kind of sound. Like maybe like a lot of bands were doing this kind of sound at that point. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's again. That's I've got down here. Those of the band's musicianship. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of bands are doing at the time. Uh, Led Zeppelin had a song on their second album called Moby Dick. <laughs> and about a whale. No? It's just it's also just instrumental. It's just um, John Bonham drumming. Just showing off their skills. Yeah, basically. showing off their skills, yeah. basically. That's basically this. I don't know if this was a tour as well. Because right. it goes like two. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't go very long. Though, but... but I think it probably could have done vocals. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, to, like I said, to me. I don't think it I just reminded me of another song, really, when I was listening to it. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but obviously it's got that very twangy kind of sound, if that makes sense. You know, I'm, I'm not a musician, so it's hard to describe the I, sounds. I but it it's quite there. a lot of, of sounded. Yeah. And then the final song is Fairies Wear Boots, uh, which is about Aussie Osborns and cattle with skinheads in London getting beaten up. Right, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's, the problem is, is that's not really a problem we've really gotten away from either, is it? So... Like that in the 70s is still no. a problem now where people no. beat people up just for being different. 
So you said you listened to the whole of Black Sabbath. Um, sorry, I, I must have I confused you. I there. did. I listened to the whole of Black Sabbath, yeah. I think it's because you said Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath on Black Sabbath. Uh, and I, I was just confused. Yeah. Bit, yeah. But I did end up listening to the whole thing. I didn't really make any notes about it, to be honest with you. I don't think it left that much of an impression. Um, before, before we start, sorry. Yeah. So Paranoid as a whole, you like the first half. Yeah, obviously, it, it, most of the big songs are on here. Yeah. Um, pretty much all of the songs that I know about Black Sabbath with regard, you know, taking out one that we're going to talk about later. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so this one, this album was um, probably the one I like the most out of what you asked me to listen to. It's got pretty much all the songs that are on my playlist in it. Um, but, yeah, the first half with the exception of Planet Caravan, um, is obviously something I really enjoyed. The second half, like I said, it kind of all blended into one a little bit for me, apart from Rat Salad, which was the only one that stuck out. Like I said, it's the only one I really made a note on. So yeah. do you have, uh, what notes do you have on the Black Sabbath album? Pardon? What notes do you have on the Black Sabbath album? Literally, I put, not really a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Um, again, it was very much like the second half of Paranoid. It, it all sounded very similar to me. The only thing I put in, though, um, is that it, it had a very bluesy kind of feel to me. Like, you could tell that where the blues influence came from uh, a little bit in that. Um, but overall, yeah, I'm guessing pretty unmemorable if literally I just wrote, not a fan. <laughs> yeah, as I said, um, I mean, we can't cover this before, but, you know, there was no such thing as a mail at this point. Mm-hmm. Just a band trying to sound like a hard rock band. Just trying to sound like that. Yeah. Just the um, bands of Tony Iommi's hard tone or whatever, but they just ended up sounding heavier than those bands and more evil sounding. Evil. <laughs> There's not been any particular tracks that stood out then? No, no, nothing. Literally, I, I don't... Not even the first song? What, Black Sabbath? Yeah. Not really, no. Um... It didn't really, nothing really struck a tone with me on that album. And again, it was very hard to pick out individual songs. I literally thought I was listening to another song at one point and realized that the song that I was listening to was like 11 minutes long or something oh, like that. Right. that. Yeah, that would be... Um... <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then I was like, oh, this is still the same song. <laughs> you know, so I was like, I was like, right, okay, I should have written down this song. It's long, to be honest with you, but... Uh, kind of. Well, I don't say I'm disappointed, but uh, the first song on the album Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath mm-hmm. on the album Black Sabbath, I think sets the tone straight away for what kind of band this is going to be. And this is the lyrics. You know, got the bell tolling, mm-hmm. and you've got the guitar, and it sounds like Ozzy Osbourne in Hell or something like that. It's a very scary sounding song. It obviously didn't make that big an impression on me. So right away they were talking about themes like the devil and um. Yeah, they're still trying to figure out what kind of band they are on this album. There's, t- there's a cover of Evil Woman's, a cover of Warning. It's not. I think it's a good album, but it's not. As- the Green Day song. Oh yeah, not that one. No, no, no. <laughs> that came out uh, a long time after this. So no. Yeah, like, literally all I put was yeah. It's but very, yeah, your, your observation that it sounds very bluesy. Very bluesy. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's it, a good you observation. can see that there was a lot of blues influence. Obviously, I mean, there's a lot of blues influence in rock. Anyway, absolutely. Um, and then obviously, if they're just 
moving rock really which, I mean metal is a form of rock isn't it you know people would have been listening to so yeah you can see that the influence comes in there um yeah I just I was yeah I just literally just thought this is very bluesy but bands have been listening to that in like the early 60s yeah Whenever I mean that, that it was, was a, exciting music yeah that. it was a big it was a big influence on a lot of a lot of bands um around that era and I mean that's basically the roots of rock come from the blues movement as well don't they so yeah that that was um that was my main um observation on that one but overall yeah pretty un unmemorable to be honest with you uh, yeah i mean like i said pretty much all of the songs that i knew were on paranoid so when i heard that i was just like yeah okay i, I, I get this uh, it was a little bit more of an easy introduction because yeah that's cool yeah <laughs> but um yeah sorry man i just it didn't click with me you know move on to a very divisive song in the black star of catalog coming up next okay from volume four is the fourth album funnily enough mm-hmm. uh the band wanted to call volume four <laughs> snowblind okay after one of the songs of the album called snowblind uh-huh. but uh, uh the label for it sounded like too much like drugs. yeah i could see that yeah and this is known as their drugs album pretty much Ah, really? Well, okay. Yeah, because they're all drugs by the barrel load at this point. Okay. Hence the why they called the song Snowblind. Right. Uh, but on this on on this album, which is uh, has a lot of heavy songs on it, there's a song called Changes. Which is very different to Back of Songs. Starts with the lyrics, I feel unhappy, I feel so sad. Rather emo-ish. Yeah. About my Black Sabbath. There's no, nothing in way of guitar on this song. It's just piano. Mm-hmm. A piano and the keyboard. Um, inspired by Bill Ward's breakup with his first wife. Very difficult kind of song for Black Sabbath. What did you think? I know you've heard the song before. Yep, yeah, I mean, I know this song, obviously. Um, I, I knew it. I knew the original, I knew the remake, I knew the the covers, yeah. Um, I actually really like this song, personally. I I think it's a good song. I think you can hear the emotion behind it. I think guitars and drums and everything like that would probably ruin it. I think it is a very very lonely song, isn't it? It's Mm -hmm. It's a song that someone writes when they're very sad, in a very sad painful place and if you say that they're on a ton of drugs at this point as well that's obviously going to make you even more emotional when shit goes wrong um yeah i think anything else would kind of ruin it i mean i've heard blues versions of it as well um like with harmonicas and stuff like that and i think that that works quite well um but yeah i I think if you rock it up too much it's it's just gonna sound silly to be honest with you yeah i get your point um, I mean, I, I get why people who are fans of, you know, the 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 hard songs would be like, oh god, another emotional song. But yeah, I mean, he obviously had something he wanted to say, and this was the only way that he could do it. And I think, yeah, you can you can see someone sitting on their own, contemplating what's going on in their life. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised it wasn't a big hit. Um, I think uh, maybe if it came like 
like a couple of years later towards the end of the 70s and perhaps it's like um just going off topic a little bit but it's like the beatles so everyone talks about um dr pepper's super awesome club band that's exactly the title as being like one of their greatest ever albums i hate it i think it's awful and i think it's shockingly bad but um a lot of people like it and i think that that's because it came so long after their initial success that they had the chance to evolve into something slightly different and people would still accept it whereas i think yeah you say they released their first one in what 1970 Yes. Yeah, it's been two years. You haven't really earned the right to be experimental and everything yet, so I get why hardcore fans would necessarily feel like that. Um, or am I just completely off base here? <laughs> Lucy and Scarlet Diamonds is great. I personally hate that song. Oh, but right. It's just, yeah, like I said, it's just, I, I I don't know what it is. Again, we're not here to debate the Beatles, oh. but I find that album really, it's it's very drug-fueled. You can obviously see it's very drug-fueled. Um, and you know all the bullshit about no it wasn't it was my daughter she drew a picture of a girl in the sky with diamond fuck off you're writing about LSD come on we know you're writing about LSD um, that sounds like a very convincing really yeah. you're just yeah I think you're <laughs> too willing to give him the benefit of the doubt I'm, 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 I'm undecided to be honest. but um, but anyway yeah I just yeah I, I, I like the impression though spot on <laughs> John, John, <laughs> they've stolen my drums. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on, yeah. On my wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I said it wasn't a big hit at the time. However, it was really re-released re in the UK in 2003. Mm -hmm. For what reason? Obviously, uh, he duetted with his daughter. He obviously. duetted with his daughter, yeah. Kelly, because of the success of Osborne. The Osbournes. Of course, yeah. big party at the time and it went to number one okay. uh -huh. I think that was probably uh, more off the back of the success of the TV show oh, absolutely. rather than yeah. the actual song yeah yeah not just because Kelly Osbourne was on the track with him yeah I think uh, it was more like like oh my god that, the, the Osbournes have released a song you know people who had like me who had no yeah. idea that he was actually a member of a band and why the fuck are you famous you know kind of yeah. thing um, people were like oh my god they released a song oh it's actually really good <laughs> I think the Osbournes yeah, yeah, they were massive at the time, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, so parodied, it? parodied on Bo Selector. Yeah, uh, uh, as as well as um, John Lennon, Schmickles. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Anyway, so I, for the record, I like Changes. I think it's a good song. Yeah, I do um, too. I, I think that there's a lot more emotional depth to it than people give it credit for. You know. Like like I said, you could have rocked it all up and everything, but I don't think it would have really had the same effect otherwise, you know? I've only got two more songs written down. Mm -hmm. Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. That's yep. a very um, subtle title. As well. Yeah. As well, off the album, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. You see right They, they love their name, don't they? What did you think of this song? Um, I've never heard this song before. Um, this was one of the songs that I hadn't heard. Uh, I really liked it. And I added it to my playlist. Good. Because I actually enjoyed it. I'm really much. happy to hear that because it's one of my favourites. So I love it. Um, why did you like this song, Rick? 
to me, it fell more in line with what I like rock music to be. You know, um, it was a little bit faster. It had a little bit more oomph behind it. It didn't drag on and on and on for like 15, 20 minutes, you know, Stairway to Heaven style and stuff like that. Um, It was pretty punchy. Um, I didn't feel like I needed to be stoned in order to enjoy (laughs) it, which, which I find a lot with like rock artists in this period. It's very much written for people who are smoking weed at the same time as well, it feels like. As well as a lot of Black Sabbath stuff, I thought that this was written for people who are getting high, pretty much, it felt like. But yeah, this song, it just it just fit in to my neat little box of what I like. Um, and thank you for introducing it to me. Okay. Um, what I like about this song is a lot of variety. Um, the, heavy, the opening riff at the start is very slow. You get the nice arrangements. And then it ends with a quite a heavy riff at the end yeah i like the riff i must admit i do like a good riff yeah yeah Yeah, so there's a lot of variety in this song um at the time tony Iommi was suffering from writer's block song came along right so he was the main guy that wrote the the music then the music because there's been a a few that you've said that he had the influence in this so so it's more would you say he's more the creative behind the scenes or is it more of a collaborative effort or i mean i mean you obviously don't know what's going on in the music itself yes but um the songs were written by okay um apparently the riff at the start of the song was credited as the riff that saved the band just because tony omi was as said something for his pocket wasn't doing everything was going at that point right there you go. But yeah, it's one of my favourite songs. It stuck out to me very early when I, when I heard it on the Greatest Hits for the first time. I'm glad you liked it as well. Yeah, I did. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that it was, um, yeah, very enjoyable. Um, and yeah, I, I added it to my playlist, like I said, so I'll be listening to it a lot more from now on. Um, and yeah, quite surprising that it's not one that I've heard of before to be honest with you but I don't know how it goes down with fans of the band or anything like that I don't know very well it does yeah okay so um, then why is it not so big then to me it sounded you know you could easily put that alongside Iron Man um, uh, Paranoid as a a great song you know Um, I mean it is it's a popular song for them but I don't think it's obviously it's not as well known as yeah it just seems strange to me that you know I'd never heard it before um, and it was, uh, yeah, you could easily see that on like a, a Greatest Hits. Mm-hmm. It is on the Greatest Hits. Well, th- 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 <laughs> rightly so as well. <laughs> the one I own anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised that it's not more popular, to be honest with you. Okie doke. So the final song mm-hmm. I've got written down is Symptom of the Universe. Um, this one is very heavy. Yeah, not such a big fan of this one. No, um, not not. I don't dislike it. Um, but it's not quite. If it was on, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I know the song. But I wouldn't really put it on my playlist, for instance. Um, I put down here. It reminds me a lot of uh, breaking the law. You know, breaking the law, breaking the law. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty heavy opening riff. Yeah, it's the early signs of come after in terms of. How heavy metal would become. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the band was really pissed off with their management at the time. They were being sued okay. by their management because they were unhappy that 
they weren't making as much money as they uh, thought they should be. Right. So they they made it heavier intentionally just to, because they were pissed off. Right. Okay. Was that like a we we don't want this to sell so well, or or we just uh, we're just annoyed? They're that, just yeah, more annoyed than right. Okay. Yeah, about being sued by the management. Because like a lot of the time when like musicians go off in like a different direction, it's kind yeah. of like a I don't really care if this sells or not. I want my record label to drop me mm. so that I can go off with someone else. Yeah. So this is as I said, pretty much the heaviest thing they record up to this point. Possibly ever. Um, I mean, but, I wouldn't really describe this as that heavy. But at the start it is. Yeah, but... As it goes on, it's not. I would, for instance, say Iron Man is a lot heavier than this. Yeah, it, it, it's not as fast. No, but when I think of heavy, I think more of like the... Slower. Not yeah. slow, but like deeper, you know? Like... Da, 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 da. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is, you know, it feels it feels heavier than than uh, Symptom of the Universe did. Symptom mm. of the Universe felt more thrashy. Not that's what I'm saying. It's heavier. Yes. Yeah, but <laughs> but heavy, heavier, heavy is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Like I guess it's that, all... I mean, Black Sabbath did a lot of songs that were slow, dirgy, but sounded very heavy. This depends what you define as heavy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's saying, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it for Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the experience overall? Uh, well, again, I, I knew a lot of um, the stuff on the front, <laughs> on the Paranoid anyway. Um, it was uh, interesting, to say the least. Uh, I mean, I've discovered one new song out of it, which I'm quite happy with, to be honest with you, but it's not really opened my eyes to them, if that makes sense. You know, it's not like a, wow, they had way more songs, decent songs than I thought they did. Like I said, I only found one. Mm-hmm. It's good to find a new one new one, which is good, but it didn't really feel like I was being sheltered from the awesomeness of Black Sabbath for all these years. You know, to me, it's very much a group and a band that you really need to be into this type of music to really get behind. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you. It was a lot more, like I said, it's not a genre, but it was a lot more listen to this when you're high <laughs> kind of than, than I thought it was going to be. I was expecting a lot more thrash, to be honest with you. Like, the Symptom of the Universe was a lot more... I mean, that's why they get uh, credited with Baiting Stoner Metal. Mm-hmm. So, sounds like that. As you said... It sounds like me kind of music you want to listen to when you're high. Yeah, it did. It did to me. I could, I could very much see, you know, people sitting there with their big headphones on, you know, rolling up and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's what it sounded more like to me, which is very um, derogatory. I shouldn't really say that, you know, mm-hmm. because it's like, well, a that's kind of derogatory towards the band personally. You know, like, oh, so that's all we're good for? No, not at all. Um, it's also derogatory towards people that decide that they want to smoke. That's their prerogative, and they can do what they want to do. It's completely up to them. So it's a little bit insulting, but I can't think of another way to explain it, if that makes no, sense. I don't think it's that insulting, to be honest. I think a lot of people have done that. Mm. It's just the kind of music they sound uh, like, really. Uh, would, would you, you check, check out, out more? more? That's, That's a tough, tough question. Because <laughs> <laughs> you listen to the first two albums. Yeah. 
But out of those two albums, there's maybe four songs that I enjoyed. Um, and like I said, on, on Black Sabbath, I didn't discover anything new. That was very much like a, is this finished yet? Kind of thing. And it's like, what? I'm only on the fifth. Oh my God, Jesus. How long are these songs? You know, kind of thing. But having said that, it feels like there could be a few more nuggets in there that I haven't come across. Oh, yes. So it's like, it's, it's, it's the question of how much gold do I want to dig for compared to how much gold can I be asked to dig yes, for? Yes, yes, You know, it's tough. Okay. Tough question. I, I, I can't definitively say yes, and I don't want to definitively say no. Okay, that's not a bad thing. That's fine. Uh, so where do we go from here? So generally with Black Sabbath, first six albums are... Oh, the disc classics. Can I ask what kind of time frame that was over? Uh, so that would be uh, 1970 to start with, and uh, Sabotage was released in... That's by the... 1975, so that's five years. Five-year period. That's a very small window to release that many albums. That's more than an album a year. That's six albums in five years. But that's what bands would like back then. They're prolific. That's no wonder the guy was going through writer's block. Jesus, you're fucking <laughs> out that much music in that short a time. Yeah, yeah. You're going to burn for all of Wow. I'm surprised yeah. he lasted that long. Good for him. So the first six albums, as I said, are credited with, well, the scenes classics, really, amongst the metal community. Mm-hmm. Uh, Master Reality, the third album, is credited for creating stoner metal and doom metal and all that slower sort of metal that's which I didn't really enjoy on uh, from these albums, so, I must right. admit. Yeah, so that one's a very slow. I would maybe check out, as I said, Sweet Leaf, pick that one out, and Children of the Grave. Mm-hmm. Those are probably the main two. Volume 4 is, as I said, the Coke album. I don't really need to go into that one too much. Snowbine and Supernaut are pretty good. Uh, if you like Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, you might like the rest of the album. Okay. Maybe. Megalomania you might like. I've heard that word. <laughs> I've heard that one. Yeah, uh, Spiral Architect, I think you'll like as well. That's okay. quite different. Very theatrical song. And then Sabotage Charge uh, with... Um... Beastie Boys. Oh, Beastie Boys, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sabotage with Versus Into the Universe. Uh, well, my, my mind has gone completely blank. What else is on that album? Killing Yourself to Live on that one? Up on the Sky. Oh, no, it's not. Anyway, Killing Yourself to Live, it must be on... Um... Yeah, so definitely check out Hole in the Sky on Megalomania. Oh, Megalomania goes to need 10 minutes. <laughs> I, 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 I still think it's good. I don't have a problem with long songs. It's long songs that just drone on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, it's like, fine. You know, like, like Purple Rain, for instance, is a fantastic song. Oh, yeah. But absolutely. the fact that it goes on so long, it's just... <laughs> For oh, like oh, 10 oh, minutes. I do like the song. Yeah, but it didn't need to go on that long. Is I think it made a cut of cut a minute or so off yeah. at the end, maybe. Yeah. Two. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Considering all these got a minute of. I like that. I like that. For like 10 minutes, it's like, all right, we get the point. You know, but still, fantastic song. Absolutely. So, as I said, the first. If you're interested in getting Black Sabbath, the first six albums are pretty much a good place to start. They're all great. How many do they have? 19 in total. 
that's a musician, isn't it? Jesus. Yeah. Um, 19 and 52 years, though. Yeah. But it feels like a lot of them were very crammed in the (laughs) beginning. Yeah, in the 70s. Yeah, so they released two albums after those first six, which were not as greatly received. And then Ozzy would leave in 1979 to go solo. Right, yeah. Became pretty successful as a solo artist in the 80s. So, can't really... Only one I know of is his Crazy Train, obviously. Yeah. Which I think is a great song, but... Yeah, but of... um, I said, yeah, he would come pretty successful as a solo artist, so it's a good decision, really. Uh, Black Sabbath will move on to a new singer in 1980, Ronnie James Dio. From Dio? He he didn't have a solo act at that point. No, but the... He was singing for Rainbow before then, so in late 70s, and then he began the replacement for for Ozzy in 1980. Is that... That's the Rainbow, right? Since You've Been Gone, Rainbow. Yeah, that one. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't sing on that song. No, I was going to say, he didn't sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very complicated, Richard. <laughs> so when they recorded that song, Dio was in Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Yes. And then after Black Sabbath, he well, went okay. solo? Or? That's right, yeah. Right, okay. So he recorded two albums with Black Sabbath in the early 80s, uh, Heaven and Hell in, in 1980 and Mob Rules in 1981. Right. Both pretty well received and held up with the early Black Sabbath. Okay. Um, album. So, yeah, pretty well thought of in the metal community, really. Thanks to Ronnie James Dio, great vocalist. And as you said, he left Sabbath quickly thereafter and uh, had his own solo career, which again was pretty successful. Yeah, Holy Diver and all that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll be getting more into that later on in this experiment. As I said, they've had 19 albums since then, they've had uh, other lead singers. After Dio left, they had um, Ian Gillen from Deep Purple. Right. And okay. Tony Martin as well. Uh, Dio would come back in the early 90s to a couple of albums. Ben Ozzy would return in the mid 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but they wouldn't do. They released so many albums. But they wouldn't do that album from him until 2013. 2013, how you prefer to say it. The imaginally titled 13. 2013. It's very confusing this if it's your 19th album. Exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> their 13th album was uh, The Eternal Idol in 1987. Okay. Like, just because it was 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah. That was the last album they released, and that went to number one in the UK. Proving that after 40 odd years, they were still as popular as ever. But Ben Vitter Podcast, this is I'm wearing a full t shirt from that tour in 2013. Mm-hmm. Went to the Las Vegas show. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so it was um, very cool to see Aussie live and Black Sabbath live. How did he sound? Pretty good. Yeah, okay. Pretty good. And um, quite a showman live as well. He probably gets the crowd into it, gets them warmed up and talks to the crowd and stuff, you know. Um, a lot of bands don't do that. just play the songs and yeah. bugger off. But yeah, he was pretty cool, you know. I'm here to get my money. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, he was pretty cool to the fans and whatever else. And that's about it for Black Sabbath. That's a brief history. All the way through. And that's a starting point for this podcast. We're moving on to um, other bands which uh, started off the metal genre in coming weeks and then more and more bands as we go on. Uh, so thank you for listening. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I was talking to the audience. Oh, fine, whatever. But, uh, yeah, thank you for listening, Richard, to Back South and taking part. You're welcome. Yep. Yeah, so join us whenever we uh, get around to doing 
Yeah, we're, we're all a bit um, over all over the place with this. Yes. We're not really on a schedule, are we? Problem with having jobs and stuff, I guess, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll we'll. we'll uh, I can't say it'll be released once a week because it no, might be yeah, yeah. every two weeks. I'm not sure. It all depends. But yeah, we'll we'll get around to doing another one. So, but until yeah. then, until then, rock on. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>